Is there anything worse than a dull blade? Well, yeah, lots of things, I guess. Poverty, war, spending 60 bucks on a Sunday lunch only to get home and hear, I'm hungry. Please, sir, I want some more. Seriously, though, a dull blade is bad. It's unusable. In fact, it's downright dangerous. Knives need sharpening. From Whetstone Boys Ranch in Mountain View, Missouri comes A Time to Sharpen, a bi-weekly podcast that examines how we can all be better versions of ourselves, better teachers, better counselors, better parents, better people. At least once during a boy's stay at Whetstone, he will return home for an entire week to test out what he has learned about living with his family. As you can imagine, the boys and parents look forward to this time, which comes after months of separation. On the other hand, it is a source of much anxiety for both parties. Will things be any better than they were before? The answer is always yes and no. Many things have changed, to be sure. Distance usually makes the heart grow fonder. But we should expect lots of road bumps and potholes and wrong turns on the road to recovery. Our boys, like all teenagers, are prone to pushing boundaries. And their parents, like all parents, are trying their best to stand firm, to bend without breaking. Join us this week for a discussion of how parenting, teaching, and counseling never go like we planned, and how often, like in the movie Home Alone, things end up better that way. Welcome back to A Time to Sharpen. This is Axel Limata. I'm here with Brandon Maxwell. Good to be back. Brandon, you are a son of Fred, as I am, we realized, as we as were doing our are. take. We were doing our check, 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 right. one, two, three thing. Just riffing. Just riffing, and we thought maybe uh, Sons of Fred would be a pretty cool podcast name. Yeah. So that may the be a sons, spinoff. The Sons of Fred. A spinoff podcast. There's the Sons of Leon. That's sons a, no, of King, Leon. Kings of Leon. Hmm. Kings of Leon. Yeah. Mumford yeah, and Sons. Mumford and Sons. Yeah. They're Sons of... Sanford, oh, the Sons Sanford of Guns. Son. That's a that's a show on, I don't know, Netflix or one of those one of those shows. Sons, sons of, of Gun, Guns. Kind of like yeah. Son of a Gun. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, Sons of Fred. Be on the lookout. We'll uh, we'll figure out what, yeah. what kind of content is going to be up. we got to have Freddie on here. I mean, Freddie... We do. Could, we do. We were just talking to, uh, to my dad on the phone yesterday. We, we did a little... Speaker phone as we were driving in the car. Yeah, you know, I'd make make a trip to West Plains, and we should have my dad on the. I don't know what he's going to say though. I mean, that's part of the. It fun. might not be usable. Well, we can always edit it, but you don't want to edit Freddie too much. It's not the same. No, it's... unedited Freddie is not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. You need the you need the unfiltered. Yes, Fred full. Lima you type. need Freddie full stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> full send. <laughs> full send. Yeah, Freddie full send. Yeah. Well, um, so I'm Axel. This is Brandon. We've established that. Yes. And uh, today we're going to talk to you about something that happens around here called home visit. And home visit is the the other side of the coin of Adventure Week. We did a podcast a while back about Adventure Week and what po- that part of the program looks like. But if the boys aren't going on Adventure Week, they've already been on an Adventure Week. They they get to or have to, depending upon how they're looking at it, 
go back home and spend a week with their with their family. And it can be kind of rocky at times, the home visit. Sometimes it's great. The boys always kind of look forward to it, but they also get a little anxious and antsy as the days approach home visit because they're all that like muscle memory and all that baggage that they had about the last time they spent uh, last ex- time they spent that kind of time with their parents is kind of still hanging and looming. Yeah, there's definitely a lot. The just the dynamic on campus, you can always kind of tell. It's about a week out, I would say. Sometimes a little further out than that. There's just a little bit of uh, anxiousness and antsiness, as you alluded to, of guys just kind of building that up. And um, there's just a lot that goes into a family visit when you look at what was going on uh, beforehand and the whole reason that a boy gets sent here and just some of those things coming into play and the fact that there's a lot of structure here at Whetstone, which we've talked about and and obviously that boy's need. And I think there's, they just, they want to prove that hey, I'm making some changes. Sometimes yep. there's some of those thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. and they don't want to they don't want to mess up. It's just like I feel like there's not maybe the structure at home that there is here, so they're a little bit anxious about not, you know, what I do with some of that downtime that uh, I know I'm going to have. And yeah. so there's there's yeah, some of that like going they on. Don't, they don't trust themselves. Um, there's some of that. There's also talking mm-hmm. about wanting things to go well and wanting them them wanting to prove to their parents that they've made progress. There's also a piece of them, the, the, all of them have this in the back of their mind. Like if I can show my parents that uh, that I've that I'm better, that that things have progressed in the positive direction, then maybe they won't send me back. Right. Maybe at the end of these five days or six days, they'll just keep me. Yes. And that's understandable. Yeah, I mean that is something that is uh, always. Always seems to be in the cards is trying to get get pulled early or, or convince your parents that that I've I've made the changes and and that's a that's hard for the parents too. We've heard uh, numerous parents at graduations say you know a lot of times at like the second or third I guess there's um, it would be the second home visit. There's two home visits uh, before graduation, but. Uh, Parents have said uh, numerous times that we were so close. I wanted to pull you so so bad out of the program, but knew that that wouldn't be right. Yeah. Uh, you needed to finish strong. But so the pull is is there on the parent side too. It's not just a financial thing, but it's they want their son back. You know, yeah, that's, they want this is the hardest be... thing they've ever ever had to do as a as a parent is send their son to a place that could be all the way across the country. Yes. You know, we've had lots of boys from California and the East Coast and Florida and you know Seattle, you know Washington, about as far away as you can get from here. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah, to have to do that again can be like re-traumatizing. So why do we do it, Brandon? Why why if, if there's all this potential yeah. so for things to go wrong, why do we do it? A couple of reasons. Uh one is <clears throat> Excuse me. From a you know from a therapeutic standpoint, and and we do contracts with the parents and the boys, and so it's a testing grounds for the things that they're working on, that the parents are working on, and the boys are working on to really put some of those things into practice. 
and to really, and knowing that things are not going to go perfect, knowing things are going to happen, knowing things in the contract are going to get broken, but we able, we're in a position here to handle those things uh, and to, to discuss those things here uh, when they get back uh, from their home visit. So it's a good opportunity for the family as a whole to really kind of start thinking about, hey, in a few months or uh, whatever the time frame would be before they graduate, these are some real things you're going to face. And so it's a good way to kind of a precursor to start, you know, navigating some of those waters and then still have our therapeutic team to kind of process through maybe some of the failures that happen on the visit. Yeah, ironically, we're, we're kind of we're kind of hoping that there are going to be some bumps in the road, that there's going right. to be some friction and some tension. If, if the visit goes too well, then there's a good chance that the, the boy is just uh, not being honest with how he's feeling. Uh, maybe he's just trying to, you know, we talk about faking it till you make it. And it's good that a boy is at the point now where he can actually control a lot of that stuff, but he's he's not at the point now where he's actually dealt with all of the the demons that, that right. we're trying to get them to face when, when they're here. And so we're hoping there are going to be some triggers and some blow-ups, and the parents are going to be able to respond differently and establish some, some new patterns through uh, working through those conflicts when the boys are home. Yeah, I think it's very intentional with our, our therapists with how they structure those contracts. And it's, it's like you said, there's, there's some challenging things to do in there. And just, I mean, for the boys themselves, just some of the, the workout stuff or the running and the reading and, and schoolwork, you know, some of those things are, are put in there to like, Hey, can you be disciplined with your time when you have all this free time? And knowing that the majority of those boys, they're not running every day and they're not doing all the reading assignments and things that we set out. And, and we know that that is going to be true, but it's, uh, it's so, so it's a starting point. You're not really setting them up to fail. You're just setting them up to, uh, to be able to have those conversations for, uh, to really, when they go home, you know, the whole goal obviously is to, to reunify families and the boys on a, as good of a foundation as we can with new tools uh, to be able to, to navigate um, just life uh, that, that comes at us pretty hard and fast when, when they leave. And yeah, and, we, and I think we've been careful over the years, and I feel like I've mentioned this before, that uh, we, don't, we don't call them breaks from the program. We call them, we call them home visits. You know, we call them adventure week. Mm-hmm. We don't call them vacations because we really want the guys and the, probably more realistically the parents to think about how them going home for this period of time is a continuation of the program. It's not a time to put all the rules on hold and and go and do a bunch of stuff and buy them a bunch of stuff and go out to eat and just fulfill all of their, their fantasies about, uh, you know, how this thing is going to happen. We want them to be able to respond to authority and to be put in some situations where they have to submit and to do some hard things maybe that they weren't willing to do before. And so we, we call them home visits instead of the boys. They try and call them breaks. Yeah. I always try and redirect them and say, no, 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 it's a, it's a home visit. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good point. I, it reminds me of what we talked about a couple of podcasts ago with just uh, our father-son weekend, like the myth of quality time. Mm-hmm. I think from a parent's perspective that 
Um, they they want to set up. They try to put too much into the week and try to do too much um, is kind of maybe maybe the go. I wouldn't say it's the go to. I'm not sure what word I'm looking for. There's just a tendency for parents yeah. to really want to do that because they want to really the whole intention is is fine and good it's natural to and want it's to natural. give your kids good things the best they you possibly can right but it just kind of ends up being when it happens that way and you set up something every day and it's just like super fun stuff you know high uh, intensity activities or just um, it just gets to be too much and you're not really working on the things that you need to be working on, and there's just too much noise. Yeah, distra- maybe distraction was the word you were distraction. looking for. Distraction from the real, the real goal of the visit to, right. to connect. Yeah, and and certainly we connect by doing things. Um, yeah, but there's a there's a sense to where, where some activities are just not not helpful, not conducive for for connection um, and communication. Yeah, just knowing that. Level. Yeah, again, going the, the myth of quality time. It's the quality time is the quantity. Like, how much time are we really spending? Mm-hmm. Not just doing all these fun activities, but but can we do? Uh, can we have those conversations? It's fine if we do activities as long as we can still have some some meaningful conversation. Yeah. So. So that actually uh, reminds me, or, or brings brings me to. Uh, the film that we wanted to talk a little bit about today as, a, as an illustration. We try and throw out some kind of pop culture reference, a song, a poem, a movie or something. Yeah. And uh, Brandon has a good a good ear for that kind of thing and a good memory for delivering lines. And I love film as well. And so it's fun to talk about it. But the film we were thinking about that might fit this situation is Home Alone. Um, number one, we thought it would just be useful to, to think about wintertime because it's so hot out. Even if you can just, in your mind, <laughs> yeah. imagine yourself in a cool place, maybe about you can lower your body temperature like a couple, couple degrees. Yeah. So it's a little ironic to be talking about a Christmas movie uh, in the middle of a heat wave. What was it, like 105 with the heat index uh, out there it, right now? It's hot. Yeah. And sure. uh, so that movie that the family has has decided to go on this big vacation, right? This We're going to, this no... You know, all expense paid, pull out all the stops, spare no expense. We're yeah. going to France, right? We're going to Paris. And With all the cousins. All the cousins. <laughs> it's just, this is the this is the big shebang here. And our fam- this is going to be good for our family, right? We're going to spend all this time together. And lo and behold, Kevin uh, gets left behind. And uh, so it d- doesn't work out like they planned. But we actually show this movie around Christmas time, every year pretty much because it allows us to talk about some things with the family I think the boys really find themselves in a situation very similar to Kevin's both before his family is gone and after his family is gone so if you remember at the beginning there's all this chaos in the family and a few distractions yeah (laughs) they're they're ordering pizza and they're planning to get ready and and uh, there's some friction Kevin seems to be a bit of a scapegoat for everyone he gets picked on one point one of his cousins calls him a is it his brother or one of his cousins calls him it was, him a, it a was his cousin kevin you're such a disease <laughs> and then uh he ends up 
somehow causing the milk to get spilled, and the uncle looks at him. And he yeah, says, the you know, buzz I ate his cheese pizza. <laughs> He's like, buzz his brother. Yeah. And the, the freeloading uncle looks at him. He says, uh, everyone's staring at him. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, uh, look what you did, you little jerk. Yeah. That line always sticks in my mind. And then, anyways, he gets sent to his room, and, and he, he ends up saying to his mom, you know, I wish I, did, I, wish I, didn't, even have, I wish I didn't have a family. I wish you would all just disappear or something like that. Yeah. What does she say to him? She's like, well, Kevin... I really hope you don't mean that. Right. Something to that effect. Yeah, and it, it's it's pretty clear that he does mean it. And uh, he gets locked or he gets shut up in the attic, the creepy attic. And he falls asleep and then wakes up and they're, they're gone. And he thinks he gets his wish. Thinks he gets his wish, right? Yeah. And I think our, our, our boys can relate to that relate to that because they've been at a point where they feel the gaze of everyone upon them as being the problem. It's convenient. To have a scapegoat, to have a black sheep in the family yeah. who can just take everything, and a lot of times, in a in a very heroic way, the boys will embrace that and mm-hmm. be like, "Fine, if someone needs to be the guy to take the blame for all that's wrong in my family, mm-hmm. a lot of which is not my fault, even though they might not be able to articulate that." Yeah, they just they take it. It's like, okay, uh, I'll play that role, um, which is it's sad sad to see when that happens. Yeah. On the, I think a lot of times too, we've heard dads or moms and dads say that when you look at, they may take that all upon themselves, but often when boys come to Whetstone, the families think, oh, we can finally relax and like have a little bit of separation so we can catch our breath. And certainly sometimes that happens, but what they realize is like, oh, it's not, it wasn't all him, like maybe there's some family <laughs> dynamics because now now that he's gone we have issues with these siblings over here just the mm-hmm. same so it's really being able and you look at home alone i mean there's just chaos everywhere and people going a million miles a minute and like kevin kevin is a disrespectful kid in different ways but i mean my goodness you look at that like that's not kevin's fault right all of that he's look, just look what he's defend himself so from these people that are attacking him yeah and so that's what our parents i think the situation uh and one of the benefits of whetstone with that separation is on from both sides it's it's perspective like we talk about in, in previous podcasts with the boys get perspective because now they're away from their their family and a lot of times you know with their the homesickness starts setting in and they they realize what they got when they don't you know they don't have their family around and they realize how important family really is to them some take some boys longer than others you know to come to that realization but on the parent side it's whoa maybe we do need to be a little more introspective and and see what's going on with the family dynamics and look inside our own selves and be vulnerable and be like, okay, what, what are we doing wrong? Because we're having some of the same issues and, you know, our son is, is at Whetstone. So it's not him. Right. Necessarily all the time. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's interesting to think about how the film is structured and how Whetstone is structured because in, in at Whetstone, the boy is sent away and the, the family stays in the movie. The, the family is quote unquote sent away, not intentionally as it is yeah. with the boy, but in the, the boy is left there. Uh, but but in a, they're similar in the the conclusions that that they come to and um, yeah realizing that I'm I'm not as much of the part of the problem as as I thought like mm-hmm. in the film Home Alone he 
becomes very independent. It's a, this coming of age story where he realizes that he can he can do some stuff, and he's been kind of told his you know his whole life it seems that he's just kind of a screw up, you mm-hmm. know, and that he can't do anything, and everything that he does is just falls apart. And over the course of that film, he realizes when he's apart from his family, in a similar way that when our boys are apart from their family, they develop some independence and some ownership and some responsibility and they begin to see themselves in a different way stand a little taller run a little faster you know work a little harder yeah there's definitely you know you're forced into uh, new things a new environment and so it's you're forced to to learn those things and again in the movie it's like when his brothers get back and they, they see all these things that he did on his own. It's like, wait, Kevin did that? You went to the grocery store and actually bought things with with money and you did all these things that they, you know, they he never had a chance to do because it was like either done for him or he wasn't put in the position or people, you know, were so negative toward him. But that is something that I think we, we see a lot. Like most of our boys are, they're pretty sharp, you know, they have uh, pretty sharp minds and unfortunately they've used that to manipulate things. But in this environment, that's, that's part of what we do out here as well as to expose them to new things, new experiences, new learning and uh, that's a big part of uh, of their growth here, and it gains you know them confidence, um, and so confidence is key when you're looking at you know coming from an environment where you maybe feel a lot of weight and pressure and and failure, yeah. and then trying to turn the tide a little bit and, and be able to to gain some identity and confidence uh, through some different different activities mm-hmm. and different things. And and birth order plays a big deal in some of these things too. Like we see these boys. Uh, in, in independent from their families, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's important to know about their background and to know what issues they're struggling with and ever. But you try to you try to remember that stuff when it's important and try to forget it when it when it gets in the way, because you want to to judge this boy. When I say judge, I mean it in a positive sense. You want to to assess this young man on his own merits and not mm-hmm. based upon what he's done previously or based upon whatever assumptions you might make uh, that relate to what you've read. Whereas the family doesn't have that, that luxury, that all that baggage is, is just there all the time. Yeah. All, the, all the ways that he has contributed to the chaos in the household. And we get a chance to see him in a totally different environment. Um, and what I was saying about birth order, like he's the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. And so he gets... Right, he has a younger cousin, but I think in in his actually family, he's the youngest one. Oh, you're talking about Kevin? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And so he's he's kind of treated that way. He's not. It's just assumed that he can't do things that himself by himself. And right. everyone kind of is older, and they're they're doing things naturally, which they should. But they're not bringing him alongside them and equipping him and helping him to grow up and to mature. Yeah, like like he should. And we see, and, and that birth order is really important. We yeah, could do, we could do a whole episode on birth. Well, order. we see that aren't just in, in our family. We get yeah. on uh, our older kids a little bit because um, Truman specifically, he gets frustrated because I mean he's got you know four other siblings above him telling him what to do and where to go and you know and just bossing them around and so it just gets frustrating for him and some uh, sometimes he just 
gets a little more whiny or, or things like that, but yeah. just frustrated. And it's, I'm sure a big part of that is just like, Hey, we don't, we need two parents. We don't need six <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and just trying to encourage our, our own kids. It's like the, like, Patri- the Patriots are kind of famous for having that slogan in their locker room, like do your job. Yeah. Right. It's like, maybe we should have in our house, the slogan is just don't do my job. (laughs) (laughs) Let, let me do my job. Yeah. But yeah. So seeing and he develops, um, that independence because he has to, Mm -hmm. right. And, uh, he faces his fears, right. That, that furnace in the basement. Yeah. Right. And, uh, this was what our boys do. They face their fears. You know, he finds uh, an older mentor who he thought, you know, he assumed was this scary old guy who'd murdered someone and, and stored their body and stored their body in ice or something. Or, uh, because salt. of his older brother Buzz, who was just <laughs> yeah. being a you know a jerk to him, was just trying to scare him and telling him all these right. lies. So, but I mean, I like to think at Whetstone, you're gonna you're gonna find a mentor, you're gonna find someone else that can speak some truth into your life, mm-hmm. and uh, and that person is. Oftentimes you don't you don't that where, know where that person is going to come from as a parent. Yeah. You you pray and you hope that someone is going to speak truth into your son's life or your daughter's life, but uh, it's un, it comes from unexpected places a lot of times. Yeah. Well, that's that's a part of our program actually that we are trying to to work on as far as like aftercare mm-hmm. and because that that part is so important as far as having having that aftercare set up or that mentor, like you mentioned, uh, somebody besides mom and dad, um, and specifically for boys, having a male figure that is going to check in and just, uh, and love you and still challenge you and, and sharpen you. Uh, that's a, that's a key, uh, element to the success. I think, uh, when the boys leave here. And yeah. so, so that's something that we, I mean, our, our team works on trying to figure that out as part of like the the exit strategy from Whetstone and, and starting to look at like, hey, is there a youth minister that you guys, is there a church you guys are plugged into or who are some uh, family friends that uh, may, be, may be able to fit this mold to plug into your son for a certain amount of time. So, so we do those things, but we want to formally have an aftercare program and those are some things that we're working towards. And honestly, like that would be a good activity now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, and this, this may already be a part of what they do on some level. But spending, taking some of that time that your son is at home. And I'm speaking here to parents who are maybe currently in the program or people, parents who are thinking about sending their son here. Yeah. Like what, what are some other pieces of advice that we could give to parents who are kind of going through this, who are like this week is coming up and I'm like, well, how am I going to do this? What's the best way to approach it? Um, other than that, my, my, the one I was throwing out there was, hey, you don't need to keep all this time to yourself, right? Don't put that pressure on yourself that I have to spend all the time with my son because he's been away for so long and, and he needs that and I need that. That's just way too much pressure, Yeah. right? Like build in some time where he can spend uh, spend it with another adult, yeah. you know? Try to form those re- those mentoring relationships that, that he can come to when he when he does come home. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's key. Try to just make it as close to what it would be like uh, in a normal home situation mm-hmm. and just not don't overthink it. I think we have a tendency to to overplay it, overthink it, over 
overanalyze it and and uh, just try to do too much in those weeks, but just enjoy the time. Try to keep it a just a relaxed as much as you can uh, a relaxed environment. Um, I like what you said about or thinking about that scene of the old uh, the neighbor. Mm-hmm. It always takes out the trash and you know always is giving him the side eye and he's scared. But just kind of the later on in the movie, you know, Kevin being able to actually have a, a real conversation with him about it, and right. it's amazing when we can get past our own fears and kind of our own walls that we've put up or somebody else has helped put up when we can really start having some genuine conversations and getting to know people on a heart level like the perspective is totally different like there's things that and we probably all have those stories of, of friends and, and relationships in our own lives that we had these perceptions but when we finally got to know somebody yeah. it's totally different than what somebody else maybe painted them to be or what we thought of them based on outward appearance or whatever and so that's that's a good word for for parents and boys alike. Is just uh, mainly for parents because you're going to be the ones kind of engaging those discussions of just you know don't force those heart level questions, but those questions only come by continuing to just get to know you, getting to know your son. Yeah, yeah don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah, in that scene in the in the in the church when when they yeah. sit next to each other and they're talking, it's it's I think it's my favorite scene in the whole the whole film. Yeah. But that, that older gentleman, uh, is vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. At the end of that conversation, they get into some of the problems that he had with his own son and how he hasn't spoke with them for a long time. And, and he becomes a real person. So I think we can kind of, we can apply that to the home visit too. Like, don't feel like as a parent, you have to have all the answers or you have to be in charge or you have to be perfect. Like that vulnerability in that human side of you is maybe a side that your son hasn't seen because of all the friction and because of the battles and, and the tug of war. But maybe now is because for a relationship to really grow and deepen, you have to get into that vulnerable stage. Yeah. And, uh, and don't assume that he's not going to want to know that stuff about you as well. Right. Yeah. And don't assume that he doesn't have any advice or answers that could be valuable right. to you. You know, I think you look at that. Uh, Kevin had some uh, some suggestions for him, and just like, why don't you just call him? That's you true. Know? And yeah. it's just simple, but it's hard to carry out. And so there's, you know, listen to your son, listen to what he's saying, and uh, you could even find a, a little bit of wisdom from our sons. Yeah. Is there anything else, Brandon? You want to say about home visit? We're right at a twenty nine minutes right now, so that's. I don't think so. I mean, I think okay. that's uh, a pretty good picture of, uh, well, one thing I did, now that I think about it, what do we, thinking about the home visits, okay, let's say our boys do uh, fail on some of the contracts and, right. you know, we, they get home or we get, they get back here and we realize, hey, there was a lot of things that, uh, that didn't go right. How do we address that here at Whetstone between the family and the boys? Yeah. Maybe you can speak to well, that. Well, I would just, I would say that we have your back when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, things aren't going to go perfect. They're going to be, problems are going to be issues. Some of those things you're going to try to kind of handle in-house and, and maybe have some discipline, have some boundaries. But there are going to be some things that 
you may just have to um, communicate with us and let us know this happened and let us handle it. Because mm-hmm. we, we want it we want it to be a good experience. We talked earlier about how we want some friction, but overall we want it to be positive. Yeah. And if there's if there's something that you're doing that you feel like is making is just making it worse and uh, you're spinning your wheels or the relationship is 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 deteriorating, it's okay to to let us know. Don't like what we don't want is for parents for something to happen and then parents be embarrassed to tell us about it mm-hmm. or to to kind of ignore it and pretend like it wasn't a big deal. We, we want to know. And we're not going to think less of you because because that happened. We know. We're with these boys every day. <laughs> so we know the kinds of things that can happen. Right. And we've seen them um, on, on some, at some of their worst, most of them. Yeah. Um, not all the time, but we they have their moments. Let's just say that. <laughs> so don't be afraid to tell us. And we got your back. And uh, we, will, we will do what we need to do to make sure that he understands why that boundary uh, did not need to be crossed. And right. uh, what there'll be some natural, usually some natural, natural consequences, consequences, yeah, and then also some consequences that we that we design to mm-hmm. help you know impress the point. Yeah, yeah. Well, very good. Don't forget to uh, catch him doing something right. That's right. So got to do that. Put a put a put a bow on the turd. Sometimes <laughs> we say right, even if it's not really that great, but it's better. Yeah. Right. Change is good. Different is different is good. Yeah. Most of those. Most improved boy. That's what we have. Uh, every week we we give a an award out for the most improved boy. They get some right. extra benefits and time talking yeah. at home and various things like that. But it's like it's it's improvement. It's not perfection or you right. know what we want all the time. But it's like, hey, you did a lot better yeah. than last week. And so, and when um, I say turd, I didn't mean the boy is the turd. I meant like the action that he did <laughs> is the turd, right? It's, it's different, you know. Yeah. Well, sometimes that's a good word for it. <laughs> it's just, it's apropos. Yeah. So, all right. Well, this has been good, Brandon. Yeah. Um, we are, we are likewise getting a little bit of a break. Um, it's 4th of July for staff. So we get to take some vacations and sharpen the saw. And America. America, of course, Brandon and, and me a little bit, but more so Brandon has some obligations with the 30 by 30 and, and keeping in contact with the contractors, which is all going great, by the way. Check out social media. You can see some how it's progressing. But keep us in your prayers as we kind of monitor that process and, and keep working towards 30 boys by the year 2030. Okay. Yeah. Um, one last thing that we talked about, to uh, we want to try to increase our reviews and comments and likes and shares and all that stuff on uh, our social media but also this podcast in particular um, so what were we going to do for I somebody think, who yeah, writes I'm a review you brought this up we, we just released the book even the wind uh which we've talked about some on this podcast it's a book about the ranch and about a tornado that hit us and the stories of the boys and their families but we have an audio version of the book uh, read by becca eastling yeah a very talented voice artist and we're excited about that. You can purchase it on Audible or on Apple Books. If you don't have an Audible account, you can sign up for one. And if you keep it for 61 days, Whetstone gets what's called a bounty, a $75 uh, bounty from Amazon. They'll actually deposit $75 in our account. You have to keep it for 61 days. But if you're going to listen to the book and you don't already have an Audible account, you have to use the link that's on our website. Well, can we put that link in the show notes? For the podcast? Yeah. Why don't we do that? Okay. 
Maybe you mean on Facebook or no, on Spotify? No, on Spotify or? you can. Okay. We haven't, we haven't done that yet. That. We'll, we'll explore should. the space, but um, yeah. everybody if, always says that. We'll link it up or, in our show notes. Yeah, I'm like, what is that? So <laughs> we'll do that. Notes. We'll figure it out <laughs> and let you know. But you were asking, like, how, what we thought is we have um, a certain number of promo codes that we can just send people to yeah. listen to the book for free. So if you leave a review of the podcast, a five-star review. A five-star, <laughs> positive. Then we'll send you a free promo code for the audiobook. So uh, if it's anonymous or something, just let us know. If we can't determine who it is that left it, please yeah. let us know. If you have a weird username or something. Right. And then we'll send that to you and you can listen to it. It takes about four, four and a half hours to listen to. So if you're on making a long trip for Fourth of July, it's a perfect opportunity to, to hear the book. Yeah, time well spent. Yeah. Right. And uh, as we head out, thanks... Of, of course, to Tom, to Thomas Brown for helping us out with this podcast. Uh, thanks for, appreciate him taking out time from his schedule of investigating how many aliens are actually among us. Uh, you know, he spends some time really investigating those things. We are observing your Earth. Which, I'm yeah. glad, you know. We, a man we of need many, someone to be watching out for us. A man of many movies. And he, a man of many movies. A man, a man of, of many discs. And uh, a man of many pizzas. Pizza. <laughs> and I'm excited for Tom, too, because he gets to spend a whole week oh, yeah. in this house wow. with just silence. Celebrate, celebrate, dance to the music. The sound, the of, sound silence. of silence. No boys, yeah. right? Thomas lives big here and takes, yeah. care of the, takes care of the place for us. So thanks, Thomas, for helping us out with this. And we hope you have a great Fourth of July week. Yes, just don't let your cats run rampant around the whole house. That's all we ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, happy Fourth of July, everyone. We'll we'll catch you next time on a time to sharpen. All right. Take care. Whetstone Boys Ranch is a therapeutic boarding school located in the scenic Ozarks of Southern Missouri. It was founded in 2011 to serve families from around the country who are struggling with challenging behaviors from their 12 to 16 year old sons. Our mission is to sharpen the character of young men. Please visit whetstoneboysranch.com if you want to learn more about our program or about how to contact us for help. Thanks for listening and we hope to catch you next time on A Time to Sharpen.